Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy J-Dubs on the mic over here. And Kenny G's on the other side of the table. And today we are doing a special request yet again, but it also ties into a uh, previous episode, so I think it was pretty well placed. Uh, shout out to Corey Hawk, because we are going to be doing a episode on Screamo, which uh, leads in very well with the emo episode we just did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Screamo is kind of like... It was too hardcore for the emo kids and too emo for the hardcore kids. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I want to say is, like, uh, for those of you who are big, uh, I don't know the word I want to say, like, m- music jerks, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple bands that would definitely be considered post-hardcore, mm-hmm. um, but are also considered emo. But we just want to throw it out there that uh, Screamo itself is... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a broad term that a lot of people use for metal music for people who don't understand metal per se. Yeah, yeah, no. All this goddamn screamo music, and it's it's an actual genre <laughs> in itself. Um, screamo, you know, happened a uh, little bit of precursor in uh, like the early two thousands. You can even say like two thousand, uh, two thousand and one, and then um, kind of bled into like two thousand and eight and beyond. Um, it. It definitely stemmed from emo music, and then, like you said, the hardcore people—they were like, "Dude, what if we did this?" Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You got a lot of cool bands that, uh, you know, uh, some of them we had mentioned actually on the previous episode on our emo episode that you can consider to also be screamo, and one of them being Census Fail. Uh, a lot of their lyrics, um, they have that screamer in their music that, you know, you didn't. You didn't hear in a regular emo song, like you know, like an acoustic song about killing yourself. Like, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't have like the guy in the background, like, yeah, it's the race of blade. You know, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was a little bit different. And um, in my personal opinion, it is a precursor and what stemmed into like the metalcore scene that we see nowadays. Kind of combined with. You know, a lot of bands that were out there at the time, like, you know, Kill Switch Engage. And, I mean, obviously, like, bands like Meshuggah and stuff, they definitely have that core influence. But this kind of combined into it. Um, you can see bands like like Asking Alexandria. Uh, if you want to call those guys Screamo, I mean, you kind of could. Yeah, it would, be, it would be someone like Asking Alexandria. Or even uh, people think that, like, well, we just talked about it, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. People yeah. say that's not really a screamo band. They're like more metalcore, but you can see the influences. Yeah. Um, so, like you know, going back, um, I would say you know a good start would be around the time like you know Census Fail was around. It would be it would be in that post hardcore era because you're talking about post hardcore is coming out. You know, early two thousands, and at the same time the emo is coming out. It was kind of just a fusion of those two styles. And then it just depends on who you talk to as to if a band's screamo or if they're post-hardcore. Because I was somebody who always said, like, Alexis on Fire is a post-hardcore band. But then other people say they're screamo. And, I mean, I can see that because you look at a song off of... Uh, you look at the album Watch Out, which was their... Was it, was it their first full-length album or was it their... It was their first full-length album. I think of, it was their first full. Because yeah. the, the one before that, the, heart, the Dagger in the Heart of West Angeles or whatever. Something Los Angeles. Yeah, something. Yeah. Was uh was that it was just a, yeah I don't remember, but uh, that one was just an EP I'm pretty sure. But <clears throat> so their first full length album, Watch Out. You have songs like Hey Mom, It's Your Funeral, which just features a lot of, like those, you know, screamy screaming and like the vocals. 
but then you have songs like happiness by the kilowatt which is like slower and then you hear him just singing in it and there's barely any screaming whatsoever yeah yeah like george himself like probably has two lines in that song yeah you know um then you got other songs like uh you know sidewalk when she walks and it was the same way it was just this dramatic build-up i i love that of, album, of dallas yeah dude that's my favorite one i got yeah. my wife and alexis on fire it's funny that you started with them because that's that's who I wanted to mention as well. Um, uh, big influence. My first song I ever heard by them was 44 Caliber Love Letter. And that was off of that EP album. And um, they, you could tell, like, if you listen to them that's nowadays. That's John's favorite song, by the way. Really? He only likes that album by them. He hates everything else they ever Why? Because uh, so he's, he's a hateful person. Yeah, dude. Fucking Great Lakes <laughs> only has <laughs> one good beer. Uh, with them, too. It's actually funny because... The way I found out about them is like I heard people talking about them in school and stuff, but I never actually listened to them. So I go over John's house, you know, back when I'm like 14 years old, and he has a fucking Misfits CD case just filled with CDs. And I just have my laptop there. I just start burning off every single one of them <laughs> into my computer. <laughs> so I have like a whole bunch of that's like how I got in like a lot of punk rock and stuff because. Uh, the, he had like the Rock Against Bush compilation album. He oh, had nice. he had the um, what was the one Andrew WK does for suicide prevention? Let's party hard. No, <laughs> no, he has. <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh God, I forget what it's called. It'll come to me later. But he had that one. But then he had Watch Out by Alexis on Fire. So uh, my musical tastes are different, you know, back then. But. So I'd hear some of that stuff. I'm like, I don't like this. But then, like, Happiness by the Kilowatt was, like, the song that got me into them. Because it was, it's not like a lot of their songs on that album. No, not at all. It's so slow. So that got me into them. And I, because I, I was, like, a little emo kid. I just didn't know I was an emo kid. Yeah. But I, so I liked that song a lot. And then just, I heard Hey Mom, It's, it's Your Funeral. And then, like, that song is what really got me into them. It's, that's, that one's way faster, too. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a pick. And then they have that weird part at the end. Um... Which which one? Wh- hey, mom, it's your funeral. Yeah, which, which yeah, but part? like how the song ends, and then they have like the little kind of ambient like drum and guitar part. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and it just goes off into the distance. yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. They were they were um one of the first bands that uh, really got me into that scene as well. Uh, like I said, forty four caliber leveler it was the first time I heard it, and uh, like if you listen to the band nowadays, like I was just saying, um, you can well, they tell broke up for a while. Tell the difference, uh, like. And going back to that album, like Dallas was not very good at singing, you know what I mean? But he was still their main lead guy. And yeah. then once Watch Out came, like he got way better. And then uh, like Control is probably one of my favorite songs by them. I think that's, that's awesome. why I think they're so post-hardcore though, is because that first EP is just so rough. Yeah, it was like, so rough. Like a hard, like a you know a hardcore post-hardcore album would be. But then um, it's more refined when they come out with Watch Out. And, yep. But by then I've already established I'm like oh, this is a post-hardcore band. Yeah. And then they kind of go away, but. Yeah, if you if you look at them, like lyrically and stuff, like they do have like that emotional. Yeah, and then and then the beginning of them too. Like if you go back uh, watching some of their music videos, uh, Pulmonary Archery, so a big song that got me into them as well. And uh, the music video is that stereotypical like emo scene music video. They all had the fucking hairdos, and they're all just swinging their guitars. Yeah. And then, like, they do this unison jump kind of... I'm pretty sure like, that's the same music video for You Could Be Anywhere Else in the World. Yeah, which is a really good song. Yeah. It's nice to see how, how well that band progressed. Um, because they would have the, you know, sing a verse and then come up with the scream. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I like how they switch that a lot, you know what I mean? So mainly, uh, you know, with Screamo, uh, you know, if you guys are unfamiliar, like they do have like usually like a, a clean vocal singing and then the either that same guy who sings screams or they actually just have a screamer in the band who can't sing but he can growl, you know? And you didn't get you didn't get a lot of solos and stuff. I mean like Alexis on fire, you get little tidbits here and there and uh you know they were they were good though. But um going back to what you said earlier though about people just saying any like metal with screamo that uh I was it's insulting. Going, yeah, well see I was going on a date with a girl. This is God, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. Um and I went to pick her up after work. We worked at the same place. So I go there to pick her up. We're going to go to Olive Garden because I've never been to Olive Garden. And I still have never been to Olive Garden. So I don't know what an Olive Garden is. But we were going to go to Olive Garden. And Post I, Malone would show you some stuff, dude. I don't know what that means. What the hell's a Post Malone? He looks like he smells. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Post Malone takes Jimmy Fallon to an Olive Garden for the first time ever. Really? Yeah. There's a video about it. It's hilarious. Okay. He well, lies to the waiter and like tells him that it's his birthday. And then, like, they just bring out a cake for free. And Jimmy's like, what the fuck do you pay for at this restaurant? Because they got, like, endless breadsticks and all <laughs> kinds of shit. Uh, I'm sorry, go on. No, well, I go to pick her up in my 2004 Escort, and I pull up. And all I'm playing, it's not even blasting. It's just I'm playing it. I was listening to, um, like, Metallica, I think. Like, some old Metallica. And she, like, comes over, and she opens up the door. She's like, I'm not riding with you and listening to the screamo bullshit. You can ride in my car. And we had to take her car because she was afraid I was going to play Screamo, a.k.a. Kill em All Metallica. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, but that's what, I, like, people who don't listen to metal at all just assume, they just call everything Screamo. Yeah, they don't understand it. And, um, I don't know, that's one reason, like, main reason why I really got into the Screamo scene. And I want everybody to hear this because this is my personal opinion. Uh, I'd like to hear yours, but... The screaming in metal music is like a release of emotion and energy, like that is on a next level. You well, know I, mean? I hate whenever people don't think that's talent, though. Yeah, They're like he's just yelling. I'm like, no, like you no, try and not. do that. You yes. try and do that. It's... Do you know who Jared Dines is? No. Okay, he is a. You've definitely seen his videos on YouTube. He does funny things where like he'll do guitar riff battles. Uh, he does like. Uh, 10 different types of drum cymbal setups um like i'll show you stuff but he does this youtube video where um he's at like a metal fest or something and he goes around and he's got a microphone and he's talking to everybody he's like hey man uh could you do me a favor he's like uh just go ahead and give me your uh your best metal high scream that you can do and like the sounds that come out of these people are fucking hilarious but he does you know symbol upon the occasional vocalist but normally you get somebody who's like, no, no, dude, I can't, I can't, no, no. And he's like, okay, so what you're saying is, uh, it's not very easy, is it? And they're like, no, man, that's hard as hell. And yeah. He goes, okay, okay. See, everybody always tells me that screaming as easy as possible, you know. And he walks up to this other guy. In the video is like this long hair blonde dude, and um. He's like, hey, man, could you give me your best metal scream? And the guy's like, like, just super deep, like, and he goes, wow. He goes, how long you been doing vocals, man? He's like, uh, about 10 years now. And he goes, so what you're saying is this took a lot of practice and it didn't just come naturally? He's like, no way, dude. You should have seen me when I started. And, like, you know, I'm kind of at that level. I've been, you know, screaming in my parents' fucking 
in, in my bedroom and shit and you know i can i can i can hang i can't do lows but you know i can get them highs up there but that's what started my interest in it is listening to the bands like that i was like dude that's fucking cool how's he do that and then your throat's sore as shit <laughs> and like you're just sucking on cough drops because like your vocal cords aren't used to that at all and you got to find that sweet spot you know i have a friend who can he can scream decent yeah yeah is his name sean busco sean busco can scream decent. yeah that kid's got some good it some was good pipes man it's our friend all day who i hope to have featured on here mm. uh back to the original topic though yeah we're, what are we talking about? i was a, i'm a I, like because i was about ready to talk about gojira and i'm like no they're not screamo we not can't, at all no no we can't talk about them yet i have a big project for them we'll, we'll get there we'll get there it's gonna be a month-long adventure <laughs> one album every week yeah <laughs> like this week from mars to sirius and next week the link and the week after that we're gonna do what was next after that one Was it less? No. It wasn't the French one. Was it The Way of All Flesh? I think that one came out after... Magma was the last one. Yeah. With the silver cord on it and all that shit. Yeah. Okay, we're getting off yeah, topic stop. again. Damn it, Gojira. <laughs> Alright, uh, but yeah, go ahead. By the way, yeah, Gojira, if you see our podcast, please come on. Yes. Please. We. Oui. <laughs> How do you say please in French? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but um, omelette du fromage. Uh, say it again. <laughs> accent. Omelette du fromage. So, you got these other bands. Came out. Finch. Yeah, and those those guys would have to be like one of the early starters. You know what I mean? They were two thousand one, right? And w- yeah, you know, like that. was it the song "What It Is to Burn" or was that the album name? That was a, that was the album name. I forget what song it is on there then. Um, but he starts out and he just belts his vocals and like he gets that raspy scream going and then he comes in like a tiger. I don't even know how the song goes, but yeah, I just, the beginning of it, he's like, and you're like, holy shit. You know, that was, that was dope, man. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, you know, they were, they were out earlier. So that might've been something that somebody else had caught on to. Um, so going along emo, like My Chemical Romance. Um, they this is, this they is were band, emo. Yeah, this is a band that I didn't mention um, on our emo episode, and I really wanted to, but now that I go back, I'm glad you know we're picking this up. But The Used. Yes. Burt McCracken. Um, that guy, I mean, a total fucking emotional wreck of a person, but the shit that he put down on paper was amazing. And he had this uh, crazy, raspy scream, man, and... Um, I don't know, like even his image and just his personality kind of reminded me of Kurt Cobain. Like he just had that that scraggly hair look, always wore ripped jeans and shit. If I had like pick a band to be like the face of Screamo, I'd probably put the used up there. Yeah? They would be uh, the used, um, Alexis on Fire, like we already said. Maybe Silverstein as well. Silverstein was definitely Screamo. They, uh... Yeah, I mean they were around that same era. Yeah, but yeah you, they had like more, my heroin more... came out in like two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, I, and I think I listened to that album. Fuck, probably like oh five, oh six. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know about it until then. And by then, like you already got bands who are 
evolving and becoming something different than what they started out as like Alexis on fire. Once you hit around 2008, like, you know, their albums were way different than, uh, the car- what was the field. Cardinal one called? Uh, young Cardinals. I thought there was another part to it. That was like something young Cardinals. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but yeah, that album was just not the same. Like George didn't even scream in it. It was like, is are they even a band anymore? <laughs> well, they and, broke up after that. Yeah, they broke up because Dallas had left, and you know he started City in Color, and they got back together a few came years back ago. And yeah, they rewrote that album, but then they had that Dallas Green City in Color influence, and they did, uh, they redid a lot of their songs on piano and like acoustically. And it once just, like, once somebody leaves the band, creates a new band. When he comes back. That band is not that, his they, new band. Yeah, yeah, they just sound, they blend look, together. Look at Blink-182. Look at uh, Corey Taylor, he'd go off, like Stone Sour became Slipknot and Slipknot became Stone Sour. They just kind of switched yeah. sounds. Um, So going off, you know, just popping off another couple names. Uh, another another good one, which you weren't familiar with, trying to show you a little bit right before we got on, was uh, Poison the Well. And they were more of that that hardcore influence they were hype but their that music video was everything i pictured in like a screamo music video exactly just a bunch of dudes with dark hair wearing you know plain black t-shirts like their name's colin and just fucking wailing <laughs> on guitar yeah uh hey man my mom works at a liquor store <laughs> um but that you know that in my personal opinion, was another part of what came about with scene kids mm-hmm. and scene kids and emo kids. And see, they will why, fight each other and say that they're, I think they're different. I but... didn't get so much into screamos because I always just like I always every time I picture scream on my head, I picture somebody shitty MySpace with glitter graphics with it saying like "Rar, I'm a dinosaur." Yeah, or MC. something like that. And I'm like, and everybody had like you even you mentioned it um when i showed you the video you're like why did that haircut ever go away yeah the, the swoop on the side the yeah. fucking crazy cut in the back and it's all spiked up like how many girls did you see wearing that same one and they'll have like a you know a little like bow tie on the side yeah, of it or something, something like that and some stupid skirt and these goddamn knee-high boots and it, it was a scene man that's what it was everybody was fucking into it and you're like I hey like, i feel like those girls now fucking smoke cigarettes when they're pregnant <laughs> that's fucked up oh man S- listening to fucking Silverstein like come here let me tell you a story <laughs> um but uh you know Poison the Well you're talking about going over John's house and finding albums like we we touched base on this but uh that's my favorite game by the way yeah to just drink beer and be like alright you take the controller and pick a new song there you go dude just YouTube it out and that's how you find that's how you find out about a lot of music that's how you find out about your friends too yeah <laughs> like wow dude I didn't know you were this man you paid like, Liberace dude, Queen and Elton John all in a row what are you trying to say man I really Look, like women I just want to tell you guys that I'm just really excited to be here in this basement drinking beers with you right now man and like I think it'd be a lot cooler if we all took our shirts off because <laughs> You know, I got nothing to hide. But um, I had found Poison the Well on one of the disc junkies, uh, like, collab CDs they had. One of those, like, Victory Records or Epitaph Records. And it was just all these new bands coming out on there. And my stepdad's like, hey, check these guys out. I'm like, okay. So I'm going through listening. And Poison the Well was on there. And then I ended up getting one of their, um, like, single albums. And it had, like, three songs on it. And, you know, I was like, damn. Like, they were... They didn't have like that good of a singer, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. um a, a lot of like what you see 
nowadays what it's evolved into is you got a male singer uh, who sounds like a female. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That crazy. Pierce the Veil is like a big one. And but they're so heavy too. And like there's people who listen to that type of music and be like, "Wow, these guys are a bunch of bitches." And I'm like, play their music. Like, just imagine the guy not singing and just listen to the music. Like, they're heavy as shit, dude. They've got some really cool breakdowns, some really insane guitar work. For instance, uh, what is it? Um, A Bull in New York City, or I forget the name of it. Like, they start out with this crazy acoustic Spanish guitar, and then they just, like, bleed into this, like, distorted metal. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, Bull in the Bronx, that's that's the name Mm. of it. Yeah, uh, but... You know, I was like, "Dad, this is nuts!" But try and hit that guy's vocal range. You know, like you said yeah. about the screaming, man. Like that's not easy to do. And I think that's kind of what drew the girls into the scene, and like the screaming and like you know the metal. I think it was a tight rip pants. Yeah, I was gonna say seeing the girls into that scene drew the guys into that scene. They're like, "Wow, dude, your shorts like shorter than your vagina." What's up? I'm Josh. <laughs> you know, and. uh it, it it was it was a, a bonding experience, much like that you know the whole punk scene was. Like everybody came together, and whether you're sitting there just smoking cigarettes and nodding your head, like everybody was there having a good time. It just it didn't last long. No, no, it didn't. Like you're talking by two thousand, like you're talking two thousand four, huge. Two thousand seven, dead. It it burned fast. But it became something else. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah, say. Yeah, because you showed me that Poison the Well song, and I said, I was like, this sounds like something that a day to remember would have taken their influence from. Yeah. You know, they were like, hey, I just heard this Poison the Well album. Let's go write Homesick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of bands that are out nowadays kind of got influenced from that era. You know what I mean? That's well, what I Pierce mean. Pierce the Veil was one that I just mentioned. Yeah, too. Pierce the Veil is, I mean, they still make music. You know what I mean? Or do they? No, uh, I'm pretty sure they're still around. Yeah, because me and Jess were trying to actually go see them play live, and they were just on tour last year, but they were in Europe when we wanted to go see them. We're basically Escape the Fate 2.0. Yes. Now, Escape the Fate, that is a band that I got into super late. I wish I'd heard of them back when I was listening to all this music, because I probably would have dyed my hair a darker shade of black. It, Dude, they're, they're fucking awesome. Would you have still been a cheerleader? I, yeah, I would have. Yeah. With black hair, that you know, instead of blonde. But um, yeah, my wife had showed me them actually. She was like, "Hey, check these guys out. Give me one second. Apologize." Slight God. technical issue. Sorry, we had this buzzing in the background. It turns out I forgot to turn something off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm surprised you got into them that late. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I figured I just, they I... never came up. My God, I remember kids wearing Escape the Fate shirts and like. Cool. I'd always seen the name, and I was like, "Is that like some gay hot topic brand?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a band. Oh, sweet. All right. And then I listened to them. I'm like, I don't really like this. And then somebody showed me like the earlier stuff. I'm like, "What happened?" Yeah. What the fuck did you do? Yeah, like, uh, what is it? Uh, the front lines of war is that? That's not the name of the song. I think it's through the smoke and flames, but like. It's like such a crazy fight song, and like the guitar is so fast, the drums are so fast. Like my wife said, they actually did like a cheerleading, um, like part to it. You know what I mean? They did this whole choreographed dance, and like they had that song playing. Oh, I thought I thought you meant it was like there was like a cheerleading part in the song. No, no, like no. like uh, be aggressive by Faith No More, where they actually have like the be aggressive chant in the song. Be 
B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-I-V-E. Yes. Or like the shit is bananas. Yeah. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, I get it. Well, um, you know, that song, like, that, that, it's a song you could turn on in your car and fucking drive, like, 110 to, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's really good. Like, uh, the lyrics are different, too. You know, they're not your stereotypical emo kind of shit, but, um. I don't know, theatrical almost, like uh, like Run to the Hills from Iron Maiden, you know what I mean, like that kind of shit, like almost storytelling-ish, and um, he's just like basically saying, uh, you know, the chorus, he says, and I will see you uh, on the front lines of war, and like he's like, I'll lead you through the smoke and the flames until we conquer them all, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, like, he doesn't care if he's dying, like, they're doing this, like, you know, it's 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 time now, and I don't know, it's in- inspirational, something motivational, I guess you could say, what's, what's another Screamo band that you like, Kenny? I don't, I'm actually, I'm not really familiar with Screamo as much, because a lot of, like, a lot of what I was looking into was, like, stuff that I used to think was, like, post-hardcore, and that's why I say they kind of bled together. Yeah, and that's why I said for the music snobs out there, we're going to be talking about both, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, God, uh, what did we mention? The use Faith No More, or not Faith No More, Jesus, <laughs> Escape the Faith. Um, let's see, we, you got a band that's like Forever the Sickest Kids. Uh, I don't, they oh allowed, yeah, God, I forgot about them. They weren't around very long. Um, another good one was uh, Scary, Scary Kids, kids Scaring Scaring kids. kids. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just mentioned kids. And... Yeah, dude. <laughs> Did we just have a thought together? Uh, they were sweet. You know, they had um, the hair, uh, the painted nails, the fucking, th- their music video. Oh, man. Uh, I can't even think of the name of it now. My Darkest Hour. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's low budget video. It's just. Um, a lot of them were back then. Too. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a lot of money. So, hey, dude, let's make it something popular or something sweet that we could throw on Fuse and these kids are going to fucking love it, which I did. But they they all get in this van and then, like, uh, the, the guy gets in, drummer gets in the back seat and he's got a pair of sticks and he's, like, spinning them around. And then, like, the other guy gets in, he sits in the front, and then the singer is the driver. He, you know, starts the car and they start taking off. And then, like, the drummer starts playing in the air and uh, he's going to the beat of the song and then the, everybody just starts fucking jamming out, going fucking crazy. And then the singer's just driving and like looking at the road and singing the lyrics while they happen. And like one of my favorite parts is like, uh, there's there's two funny parts in it, but they like pull up to this um, red light and there's like two cholos sitting in like a fucking uh, convertible right next to him. And they're like going fucking nuts and going crazy. And he like looks over and he sees him and he's like, and like everybody stops. And then like the music stops in the song and they're just like. And then it turns green and the music comes back and they just start going fucking crazy again. <laughs> and then halfway through the music video, they like stop at a convenience store and they like get out and you can still hear the music playing from the van and the guy runs in, grabs some drinks and shit and then comes back out. And I was like, the fuck was that? <laughs> like, that was really cool, man. And so I got into that shit, you know, it was, uh, like I said, motivational, inspirational. I was like all about it, dude. It was, it was next level. It was um, that kick I needed. Yeah. You know, from Mike and McGromance, because I'd been on them for forever, and I was like, whoa. I noticed that your voice did something that I don't hear very often. Because 
can you imagine if you had these these vocalists who can do these screams now like in metal bands like fucking Slayer and shit like if Slayer had some demonic lows like Phil Bozeman or yeah. not Phil Bozeman excuse me Phil from fucking Whitechapel you know like he the no he is Bozeman excuse me I was thinking in Sama like I was talking about Pantera yeah yeah but you know like I don't know maybe the old heads would have or you look at um, the vocalist from Silverstein he does both yeah yeah and he's screaming and then he'll sing and then he screams and then he sings and I'm like why isn't your throat bleeding yeah I've seen him live and he even did some acoustic shit really yeah I told you that story. Uh, the marijuana. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah, left. Yeah. yeah, the band went off stage. It lit up like a Cypress Hill concert. Like there was like a fucking fog picking up off of the audience. He comes out. He's like, "All right, guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's so much weed." And somebody's like, "You love it." He's like, "No, I don't." And he just starts like doing the acoustic set. Another big hitter. We ain't touched on yet. Under Oath. Oh, yeah, Under Oath, too. They were... I never liked Under Oath. Oh, Kenny. Get the fuck out of my basement. <laughs> um, dude, I've... I just couldn't get into them because I tried and they were... I, I just didn't... I haven't tried them lately. I will go back and revisit Under Oath. You should. Same if, with if the you listen, If you listen to their first album, though... Um, I guess you could definitely call that like a metalcore screamo, like... I don't even know what you want to call it. It's they had these like seven minute long songs. So it was like modern were, Bring Me the Horizon, like more screamo. I, I guess. Nah, I don't just, know. Ollie's kind of a bitch nowadays. That's why I, I'm different subject but for you. A different you could day. say you know in comparison, it was kind of like what they that. Been, yeah. Like, uh, like Bring Me the Horizon's first album was fucking gnarly heavy, and so was it Under was Rose. stupid heavy. Like the song Diamonds Aren't Forever. <laughs> Yeah, dude. And now there is literally a generation of kids out I used there to listening be, to that. I used to be at parties, and I'd be like, I'm, I'm going to just be like, we will never sleep because sleep is for the week. No, we will never rest till we're all fucking dead. And people are like, what? And then you just like. And then I would fucking break down. something. Yeah. You got to kick a TV in <laughs> afterwards. But, um, you know, Under Earth had this album. Oh, I can't remember the name of it for shame on me it may come back um but they had songs on it like a love so pure and this is how you really got into hey they're a christian band you know what i mean mm-hmm. they were heavy as fuck but in the song a love so pure like they just stop and they have this slow breakdown and he's just like jesus christ i love you i love you jesus and i was like what the fuck like, <laughs> okay next yeah but you it was just like- weird because it was you know that's satan's music man that's- talk about talk about people are always talking about christians being offended what about non-christians being offended by christians loving christ yeah dude how dare you love your own god get out of my face with that no yeah i, I can't say i'm offended by it it's just it was just unexpected you know was, i actually uh, i had this thought the other day because i was i was going through radio stations and i was hitting the seek button and i stopped to do something else like grab my gatorade or whatever the fuck i was drinking and then I just pull your hands out from underneath your gym even, shorts. Yeah, yeah, masturbating down I seventy six. Um, <laughs> I just start driving. Well, I so I just start driving again. Like I'm not thinking about, it. and the radio like the music playing. I'm not thinking about, it, and it starts talking about Jesus. I'm like, how long have I been listening to Christian music? Wow, this is gospel ninety five. <laughs> yeah, like 
Continue. Okay. Um, so, Under Oath, uh, Reinventing Your Exit is probably the first song I'd heard by them. And I was like, wow, this is neat. And they had a very uh, like high-quality music video. It's like a guy running I- away from himself the whole video. And, like, he doesn't realize that it's himself towards the end of it. And then, like, he walks into this room and, like, the same shit happens. And it's, like, everything repeats and starts over again. I feel like uh, the youth and Under Oath both were, like, the record label plants to be, like, we want people to be into Screamo. Because if you look, they had more high-quality stuff than everybody else yeah. out there at the time. The Taste of Ink video was yeah. fucking badass. And then you got into their later albums with, like, The Bird and the Worm. You look at... Yes, you look at other bands, and it looks like they were filmed like a Sony Handycam. <laughs> yeah. They were like, here's $200 for a music video. You got to use a Sony Handycam. Oh, dude, I'll just call Steve. He's got like a fucking Nikon uh, D75. They're like, no. No, 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 dude. No, no this, 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 this has HD. It's fine. Trust me, it's in this scene, okay? Kids are into this shit. I don't know if they really were. Like, I, I really like the visually appealing stuff, you know? It was, yeah. It, was, it got me into the song a lot, too. Um... So going on to Under Oath again, uh, um, that's probably the band that I've seen the most. And um, I regret not going to their recent concert where they played um, that album with uh, Reinventing Your Exit on it. And they played it in its entirety. It was nuts. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, the used and Under Oath being like the plaster children. Like, dude, they headlined like, Warped Tour. Yeah. You know, I that, and I've seen them play Warped Tour like four times. And that's the thing. That's why I think they were the plant, though, because they were the ones with the high-quality music videos. They were headlining tour. Like, look at uh, Billie Eilish. She just headlined Coachella. Before yeah. she headlined Coachella, I had, I had never even heard of her. And they're like, yeah, she's headlining. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden... You know, it's actually come out that, like, the record company hasn't, like, hey, the record company hasn't pushing her to the top. So that's why I think with those bands, that's what they were going for. They were trying to capitalize on, like, that. The emo is kind of coming down when they are trying to capitalize on it. So it's like, well, what if we try and be more edgy? Because that's just what happens. Whenever something starts to come down, people are like, well, what if we try and make it more edgy? Let's try and make our product more edgy. How can we make our product more edgy? Let's add screaming to it. Yeah. And then you found these bands that have already been doing that. Yeah, and then... You make your poster child, and then yeah, those other bands get lit up in the background, right? You know what I mean? And everybody's like, "Whoa!" And now this guy's like, "Hey, do you guys want a record deal?" And now you got other people, and there's this whole collab of these people on this one record. Like, you know, um, I talk a lot about Victory Records, but if you listen to any band on Victory Vic- Records, Victory they're so big though. They they're, were so influential. They're great, dude. Them. They're great. Uh, so many good bands on there, man. And and you look at uh, God. Victory have I mean, even now, like, Victory's gone to, like, Victory's kind of gone down. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Victory's gone down in years, but. Yeah. Uh, they were big then. But back then, it was like, if you were anybody, you were signed to Victory Records. Yes. And it started off with bands like uh, Snapcase signed to Victory Records. Um, the Refused were signed to Victory Records. And then it just. Data Remember is. Data Remember is signed to them. Yeah, now it's a lot of metal bands because mm-hmm. even going to like uh, Mayhem Festival, they gave like I was getting like a Victor Records compilation. It was like, yeah, here's a Thy Art Is Murder and like Feeder to the Sharks and stuff. Like, yeah, they they pick up on I don't know that metal scene, I guess, and they kind of, uh, yeah, because they picked. I mean, it used to be because metal used to be just Broad Runner Records, and now it's like Napalm Death picked up like the remnants of like a lot of the the yeah. Road Runner guys. I didn't think about that. Or no, it's n- Nuclear Blast picked up on... Because Napalm Death was signed to Roadrunner, but then it was Nuclear Blast signed to all the old Roadrunner guys like uh, Machine Head and Slayer and stuff. 
Yeah. You know, it's like bands like that. Like, it, at this point, why don't you just do the Motley Crue and do your own shit? Like, Make your own record label. Yeah, why are you paying other people to own your... Look what happened to Taylor money. Swift. She lost all of her albums. Yeah. She lost every... She literally lost her life's work. So. Sad story. But, uh... Warped Tour was a big one for those bands. Warped Tour was like, if you were an emo or a screamo band, you were on Warped Tour. And... And that's whether what, you're playing main stage or side stage, you know? yeah, it didn't matter. And and then Warp Tour, quote unquote, ceased to be a thing. But now it's like only in select cities because it went downhill. But you look at the last year of Warp Tour; they had bands like Taking Back Sunday and and Alexis on Fire and stuff. They would come play select shows. You know, they'd be on the tour for like two or three weeks. Yeah. God. Victory Records and, and Warp Tour kind of just went hand in hand. Yeah, dude. It's like Victory made Warp Tour. Well, Warped Tour has been... Well, I guess no Victory's been around for a while, too. Yeah. I mean, Warped Tour used to be more punk rock, you know? And then... Then the emo bands hit, and it just became more emo and screamo, and... I lost respect for Warped Tour when I seen Bring Me the Horizon play on stage next to Katy Perry. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not coming back next year. This is weird. But, uh... I don't know. I still think it was... I just had cool a, to see. I just had a million dollar idea, and I will explain it to you afterwards. Yeah, don't let the millions slip away yeah, from us. Yeah, the ones that we will never have. This but. is our chance, Kenny. But going on, um, you know, you got a lot of other bands that evolved from, uh, you know, the emo stage, the screamo stage. Like, A Day to Remember is a good one to talk about, because um, they, do a, they do a really good mix. Whether you guys are into them or not... Um, I think everybody, A Day to Remember just has that appeal to them that like... They were so fun when they first came out. And I think that was around 2007 was like the 2008. first album. 2008. Yeah. yeah, around the same time, yeah. And hell, dude, they had, they had, uh, you know, the crazy fucking like covers. Like they did Cable Car. They did... Um, they were a lot on the Pop Goes Punk. Yeah. and Or Punk Goes Pop. That was, oh yeah, that was on one of the albums, actually. Whatever I mean, That's it's another called. good thing to touch on, too. But, uh, you know, they did, they had their, their slow, sad boy, emo shit. And then they would split the album up. And then, like, you know, um, the other half, like, it's usually, like, the, the second half of that album, dude. They just come out with this heavy fucking crazy shit, man. Uh, Downfall of Us All, for instance, was, like, you know that good mix of both of those genres yes. put into one. And I'll never forget the first time I heard that song. They started out, and I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And he's like, let's go. And then they play the same shit that they had just said. And I was like, this is fucking dope. And then it's like this little drum roll comes in, and then it's this really happy tone singing, happy key guitar, and... I was mind fucked. I was like, how is this? This is crazy. And then they go back into this breakdown metal shit. And then I was like, whoa, man. Yeah. This is really good. And um, again, they are kind of what Screamo evolved into. It's bands with that kind of sound. Yeah. And you can see just, you know, looking at them straight on, like you could see who's behind them, you know, like, hey, good luck, son. You know, yeah. like it was, that was the shit to do. I guess, you know, but I don't know what, you know, what happened? Um, you know, I, I got into, um, really deep conversation with a buddy Jim of mine the one day 
and we were talking about like and he had said these words he said what the fuck happened to these kids like two things went through my mind when he said that like one what happened to them where are they at now you know what i mean like why don't we see this kind of fucking good music anymore like i mean we still see it but i mean that specific type and the lyrics the play style the singing like the brotherhood you know um musical tastes change and people grow up and that's kind of <laughs> what happens because like yeah you you see bands like uh for example like afi like they had all that angsty youth and then they kind of just got old and were like okay we're gonna think about different stuff now we're not gonna play minute and a half long songs here's like a three minute long ballad that and i'm like I, you know nobody wants that but that's hey, what they want to play now yeah if that's what you're <clears> doing <throat> i guess fuck it yeah you're not you know uh so it's bands like that that they just kind of, I mean, I don't want to say like grow up because I, I still like old AFI and I wish they hadn't grown up, but you know, you can't do that stuff forever. That's what happened to, you know, like Lincoln Park. They they just weren't angry kids anymore. They evolved. They just, yeah, they just kind of evolved into being, because I mean, at the end of Lincoln Park's career, they were, I swear to God, they were on Radio Disney. Yeah, they were, they were poppy, man. Yeah, they weird. decided they were going to be a pop band because, I don't know, they weren't angry kids anymore, so they just got lighter with their stuff. And But the other thing that um went through my head when Jim make... had said that, he, uh, you know, what had happened to these kids, like, what had happened in those kids' lifetimes to be able to write music like that? So... You know, led me down like this chain of events of like, man, these these guys probably had some really fucked up childhoods. Either that or like they're really good at writing music I about think it stuff just, that doesn't happen. To I them. think it just came from like grunge though, because grunge was kind of the start where like you saw these these kids. Because uh, I mean, I, we kind of dick ride Nirvana here, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you kind of go with like, well, you go with like Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain couldn't sing, yeah, but Kurt Cobain made noises with his mouth but like the the message he was getting across so then you get up to these kids who they learn how to scream you know and they kind of have that same like message like the rebellious youth and like you know being sad about shit because and he had that raspy already yeah scream voice yeah i believe it was dave Grohl said that it sounded like they were boiling nails inside of his throat <laughs> oh shit I might have, girl. I might have, I might have been Butch Vig. It was on one of the Nirvana documentaries I watched. I think it was the one on. Uh, I think Excuse it was me. the one on Nevermind. On like how they recorded it, it was either Butch Vig or Dave Grohl just talked about how like his vocals were just so raspy. But you take people who like that song, like like that sound, but then they could learn how to sing, but they still were thinking about the same thing in their head. Yeah. So they got this uh, this idea. Yeah, it's, it's the same idea. Yeah, it's the same like grungy idea. But then they decide they want to be better vocalists. But then you have that one kid. You're like, he's like, well, I can't sing that well, but I can just really scream. And then he, you know, through vocal lessons or whatever, he he learns how to utilize that voice. So that's where they came from. And then just eventually, they just they're just not angry anymore, or they're not sad anymore. So they can't. More refined, like sound. you said that earlier, and that's a good way to put it. You know, they refined their music, they refined their personalities, and they became somebody different. Right. So I guess, yeah, I guess you know, Jim, that answers that question, dude. A lot that's of those, a lot of those bands kids. broke up too. Yeah, and that's what's sad, man. Um, 
you got a lot of cool bands that no longer exist other than you know on some digital recording <laughs> yeah um for instance one like we didn't talk and about then some them. of them are like so small you can't find out what happened to them too yeah they're just, you're, you know it'll be a band you're like okay they broke up what happened to them i don't know like they went out and like became like somebody became like a teacher or some shit like, yeah, like wikipedia is still looking for references yeah they don't know. <laughs> so like yeah the band broke up and this guy might be a teacher but then he quit being a teacher and you're like what does he do now? Does he work in like a mill or something? He might fight for the UFC. I don't know, dude. It's been a while. But um, one of those bands, uh, Story of the Year. Oh man, did you listen to them? No. No. Oh, they were. Screamo is not my thing. Like I know a lot of these bands are talking about, but it's just I never really listened to them because I was never really big into. The, well, I was more into it than I thought I was originally. Yeah. When you brought this topic up, I'm like, I've never listened to Screamo in my life, and then I just see all these bands and i'm like oh okay yeah i guess you can say they're screamo um yeah being a music snob you're gonna think post-hardcore well story of the year uh we should touch base with them they were kind of out of the norm like they didn't have that look at all you know what i mean um like towards like when they got really big like the guy had like a shaved head and just wore like a plain grain t-shirt and fucking jeans and a pair of vans you know what i mean it, it was it was cool as fuck though but uh they had I think the one that got them really big was uh, "Until the Day I Die," and that's he he sang. And he I was would really actually good. I will occasionally sing that song. So, I never knew so that you was do story. Know him? Yeah, I never yeah. knew that was story of the year. Those lyrics, man. Because I would always be because dr- you know at work I'll be on um, whatever I'm doing and I would just start screaming that I was just like "Until the Day I Die." Yeah, dude, that's story of the year. Yeah, I just and knew so it. you listen to those lyrics and you're like, "That's fucking that's emo as shit." My hands around your throat, and I think I hate you. Like I was yeah. always like, "Damn, man, that's pretty good." But in the end, like he's always like, "I'm always gonna love you." And there's that very ending, man. He puts so much fucking emotion into it. You're like this 15 year old kid, you know, just broke up with your first girlfriend. You're like, "I fucking love you." Damn it. I wish I'd go back to being 14 and listening. To, I wish that kind of music was still around, but that's just the music of my youth. So. If I could go back in time, I would like take this kind of shit, you know, like that's out now, like this metalcore stuff. I'm like, hey, bro, write this. Yeah. Like, here, look. Like, we already know how to play guitar. We're pretty shitty at it. Don't worry about it. We're going to get better. But just start writing this shit right now and go talk to some people. <laughs> and then, like, you know, here we would be again doing the podcast deal, but. You know, you'd have been my drummer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, I got this good idea. <laughs> what? We got to use two foot pedals on the on the kick drum. Why? We got to do it. It's, it's dope. Sounds so good. I think it'd be sweet. Yeah, because... Oh, man. That's that's completely off topic. But... I mean, it was what we're talking... But because, like, you see the old uh, metal music videos from, like, the 80s and stuff. They have, like, four fucking kick drums. Yeah, dude. I'm like, why? You can only... The most you can play is two. You can literally only play two. Fucking Neil Peart with his goddamn, like, 360 drum set. Yeah. Why do you need that much? Neil! Drum solo of life! (laughs) Because he needs it. Like, that's... Yeah, dude. And there's a lot of good uh, guitar work. Don't get me wrong. Um, Especially with these guys doing these crazy time signatures. And I've always thought it was impressive to see a band play live. And everyone always knows like when you do that offbeat shit to be on beat about it like dude 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 
and like you see it live and you're like wow they all fucking hit that same note same time like they must have been rehearsing but yeah. you know that was something you couldn't you couldn't just bring out of your ass um i think it's uh the drummer from Meshuga, he says like a lot of their stuff when he goes to write it he'll like write drums. Tom key he'll write that- drums on the computer first and then like play them on a set afterwards he's probably one of the he's probably like top three best drummers alive right now we're getting into this conversation because i got another one to throw later on later on not right oh, now. oh no, no no i'm saying i'm saying yeah he, i'd say he's up there for sure yeah i mean like uh you we go we, we have unlimited amount of episodes left to talk about unlimited amount of things joey, joey jordison he's fucking <sighs> badass but my favorite top top of the line is fucking uh matt garska he plays drums for animals as leaders and to keep time with those guys like he's got two brains he's got to have two brains there's no way he doesn't have two brains like i'm i'm not getting into this yeah we should we should (laughs) we should talk about that that'd be good man it's nuts but uh being uh, man i'm not getting into it right now yeah, we're going to get into this, Kenny. Okay, no, we're not getting into no, it No, right we're now. getting into it on our next episode. And then we just fade oh, okay. to black, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, now they know the idea, but... Now you ruined it, It's but okay. It's huh. okay. We're still going to do it, though. And we'll just we'll just end it. And then everybody will be like, oh, I didn't see this coming. But no, you guys knew. <laughs> so come on. Uh, n- name some more, guys. Name some more here. I don't... Again, I wasn't. I mean, with Sayusin, were they considered screamo? Or were they oh, more? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, dude. Because um, the only thing I know about Sayusin is "Show Me Your Booty Hole." Oh, I don't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. Inform me. <laughs> oh my god. Let's learn together. Oh no, I'll show it to you when we're done. What it's... your booty hole? No, not my oh. booty hole. I was like, I'll show you the song. I was song. excited. Um, it's kind of like remember, oh god. Um, Motionless and White did uh, Santa's Pissed. Yeah. Like before they were even a thing. That was kind of like what Sayosin did with Show Me Your Booty Hole. Oh, okay. Well, Sayosin um, had a little bit of that screaming. Like Anthony Green is like the fucking poster child for female sounding leads. You yeah. Know, that guy's voice is just. I'm pretty sure he could crack a, a glass, you know what I mean? And I'm not exaggerating. I just feel like he might be able to resonate that note, but. He was inspirational as shit. I mean, would Circus Survive be like Circus Survive? Would that be like a thing too? Then those were the same guys. Yeah, Anthony Anthony Green. Green. And then you had the Anthony Green band. And if you remember from one of our music videos in um, uh, WMHS Live, the one where Bob Ord cured cancer. What? You don't remember that one? No. It was the intro video to W. I remember some of them. I remember. It was like the one about Bob Ord. And there was an Anthony Green song. The one where I've they f- been dying to he reach didn't, you. He didn't cure cancer. No, but whoever made the video made like a fucking newspaper article about all this sh- crazy shit that Bob Ward did. And he's like, Bob Ward cures cancer. Oh, yeah. Bob Ward discovers life on Mars. Like, yeah, no, the music video was just like, uh, what, Casey, was it Was it the English teacher and the art teacher like trying to call each other or some shit? Yeah. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, well, Dear Child, Anth- Dear Child is the name of the song. Is it? Yeah. I don't think it is. Yes, it is. By Anthony Green? Yes. Dear Child by Anthony Green. That's the name of the song. I've been trying to reach you. But your my extension, extension cord wouldn't reach that far. Yeah. yeah, that's Dear Child's name of the song. Oh, geez. Mr. I don't know anything about this. 
And then you're like, it, it's this, okay? The song's three minutes and 42 seconds <laughs> long. They recorded it in four takes. Anthony had to piss during the I second take. I just have so random really fucking music yeah, dude, knowledge, okay? Random fucking knowledge. Let me hit this vape. Hold on a second. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, I do like Anthony Green, but... I don't know. I I just never really got into Screamo as much, but I I mean, say you said Circus Survive, I guess they would be Screamo. A little bit. I mean, Circus Survive, they're still around though, right? Uh, Sayosin, I believe, is the one that's still around. Um, yeah, but I thought Circus Survive was a later project. I thought, like, when he's not doing Sayosin stuff, he does Circus Survive stuff. Well, no, no. Here's the deal with Anthony Green. He always fucking quits. They don't just... Hey, I'm going to my side project. He's like, no, I fucking quit. And then he leaves. And then he goes and does stuff with Circus Survive. And he's like, you know what? I fucking quit. And then he goes back to Sayosin. Okay, uh, three years ago it was, Sayosin came back to uh, Pittsburgh and they played at Mr. Smalls. And there's an ad that came on it for my fucking Pandora, okay? And it's Anthony Green. He's like, hey, guys, this is Anthony Green. Come uh, see us play at Mr. Smalls this weekend uh, before I quit the band again. Okay, bye. And then, like, that was the end of the ad. I was like, did this really just happen? Like, <laughs> is he making fun of himself? And then he did, like, a solo acoustic set afterwards, after they were all done. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big deal. You guys need to watch me play after the headline. See, I always get Anthony Green and Andrew W.K. confused for some like every how, time. How could you? I don't know, because every time in my head that somebody says Anthony Green, I picture Andrew W.K., and I'm like, no, they're two I different people. I can see getting Dallas Green and Anthony Green mixed up, but Andrew W.K.? Just just their image, not who they are as people. But sometimes I'll be like, oh, the lead singer of uh, Say and you mean Andrew W.K. I don't know why. It's just a weird thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm a little bit retarded. Sometimes, well, sometimes I think that maybe Anthony Green likes to party, party, party. He might. He might party hard. Probably does coke. There's a good chance he does coke. That's how he got his voice so high. <laughs> he just had so much coke dripping down the back of his throat that like his vocal cords were numb, so it didn't hurt anymore. And then when he woke up in the morning, his vocal cords were already used to it, so he just did it again. I took a. Well, I guess I, he wouldn't wake up in the morning. He'd just be in the morning. I took a large girl on a date before, and I'm pretty sure she was like, she was all about Anthony Green. I thought you were saying she was doing coke. I no, was like, wow, she was no. large. No, she was a large girl. Large. It was like a Tinder date. Dang. Yeah. Back when I back back in the day. This reminds me of Albert's story. We should no, tell Albert's no. story. We should just bring Albert on just to tell a story and then kick him out of here. Yeah. Now get the fuck out of my basement. <laughs> now get the fuck out of but, here. All right, Albert. Thanks for the story. Hey, by the way, before you... Yeah, bring Albert in. Have him tell the story and be like, all right, Albert, so how do you feel about, uh, you know, Tom McKee, you know, the the drummer from uh, Meshuggah? He'll be like, what's Meshuggah? I'm like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Albert, I already called you a cab. It's outside. We didn't even sleep together yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Get out of here. No, um, let, let's just tell it. We'll tell it for Albert. Okay. So if he's Albert, listening. if you're listening, um, we're going to tell the story for you. And if you're not listening, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Albert, uh, just so you guys understand, is one of the most polite people I've ever met in my <laughs> life. Like, he'll get cut off in conversation and be like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. I was like, no, that guy's an asshole. Dude, don't <laughs> apologize to him. He's a dickhead. But what, he was on Tinder? He was it? on Tinder. He found a girl. She was pretty good looking. He he saw her picture. He's like, oh, she's not bad looking. So he goes to... Um, well, he, wait, wait, wait. He swiped right? He swiped right. She swiped right. They were talking. He's like, okay, let's meet up for a date. They go on a date to like Rachel's in Butler. So they're in Butler. And then he he's sitting in his truck and he sees this girl get out. 
and he's texting and then he sees her texting he's like oh no it can't be so see, then he's like see, i heard the more detailed version he said he got there a little bit early yeah and he was so waiting, he was waiting her, her. And he's like hey i'm over here I- i'm here right now and she's like okay yeah i'm running behind i'll be there in a second and he's like okay cool i'm in a blah 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 blue car and he's like okay cool and he said he's seen that blue car pull in and he's like what is it is that he her? was texting there's he, no he's way like, where are you and she was like i'm, I'm by, by the, the dumpsters. dumpsters yeah and then he was like no and it's like this just apparently like a troll of a woman i always picture that well we've never watched man seeking woman which is by the way one of the best uh comedy shows ever go uh, watch go watch the first two seasons on net on uh, hulu anyway <clears throat> For you were saying, <laughs> I just wanted to plug Man Seeking Woman because I love that show. Kenny. Anyway, Albert. Somebody uh, just made money off of that. No, they didn't. They canceled the show like oh, three okay, years good. ago. Yeah, yeah. You plug it again. Yeah. Okay, Man Seeking Woman. It was on <laughs> FXX, but now you can watch it on Hulu. The first few seasons are good. The third season kind of sucks, but it hasn't been on the air for like two years now. So two, three years. Albert. Uh, Albert meets this girl, and they go inside. And usually he's again. We said he was very polite. Usually, yeah, super he'll, polite. He'll put well, the na- he'll before, put the napkin on like his knee and shit. Before you go on, like he he is so polite. Everybody else told him like, dude, why the hell didn't you just drive away and like just not text her back? He's like, well, because I mean, I already got her to drive all the way out here, and I figured like it would just be very rude. So then he proceeded to go on with the date. Yeah, but then he on his date. Usually he'd order like a chicken salad or something, but instead he orders like a Reuben because it's like the messiest thing he can get. And he's squeezing the sandwich so all like the thousand dollar dressing comes out. It's like all over his hands, and he's like wiping his mouth with his shirt sleeve, like smacking his lips, and smacking his lips, and like wiping his hands on his shirt and stuff. So he's a mess. And said he kept cutting her off anytime she'd go to talk, and just being really rude. And and then, you know, she told him some stuff, and he's like, "This is really fucked up." And then he leaves, and she's like, "That's the best date I've ever been on." And he's telling us this, and he's like, I was the biggest piece of shit I'd ever, like, been in my life. And this girl was, like, really into it. We're like, so did you text her back? <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> we were saying very vulgar things to him. Oh, some very vulgar things. However, he had a vulgar comment. He said right before he went in, he seen her, and he's like, well, I mean, maybe I could try and get some head out of this at least. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Albert, Jesus. <laughs> I've never heard that from you before. This is crazy. But yeah, uh, I'm sure Albert's in the screamo. <laughs> he probably would listen to the used while getting head. Oh, man. He's like, Is it worth getting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I wonder I wonder what, what song he'd pick. You know? It'd be good. <laughs> oh, let's see. The bird and the worm. The bird and the worm. Because he has the bird and he's got the worm. Is she the early one? Because she got the worm. See, I'm just going through here because I, I got this little list of notes. Oh, my God. You oh, made notes. Oh, jeez. We didn't talk about these guys. And they pretty good one to talk about here. But uh, from Autumn to Ashes. I've never heard of them. You've never listened from Autumn to Ashes? No, because I'm a piece of shit. Ooh, dude, I actually have like a, a personal um, like acoustic cover of one of their songs that I do. Uh, they have this song called Short Stories with Tragic Endings. And it starts out, and it's so pretty, dude. Like, I was like, wow, this is great. And then, like, it just, like, goes in this fucking fast-ass 
Yeah, yeah, say, say that word, and you're like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, dude, sick. Like, but it was crazy because then at the end of it, it's like they all like release all that energy, and they're like, okay. Well, they actually had like, like Autumn was, uh, I believe, the guitarist or the singer's sister. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. I don't even fucking remember. It's been fucking like 14 years <laughs> since I read that. Uh, but she would come on occasionally and she would sing. And um, she sang at the end of short stories and tragic endings. And it's just like this guy screaming like fucking nuts. And then all of a sudden they just go into this slow little acoustic guitar part. And Autumn comes out and she's singing. And it's like the most beautiful shit. And you're just like, what the fuck is that, this? That is the one thing with Screamo, though. Is like you'll have like the acoustic breakdown. Or like you'll have like... They always do the thing where... They'll have like the low breakdown, it'll get soft, you know, and then all of a sudden they come back and punch you right in the face. They fucking just start hammering on those chords. That's the way it should be. And they just start screaming. It's, I've always thought about that. Like when I write my own music, um, call it funny, but I try to write it like a techno song. Not like, no, you got to have this like slow, steady build up until you get to the very fucking end and then you just like drop it on them you know what i mean and it's not so much a drop though it's like they'll hit you then they'll bring you back yeah and then they'll fucking smack you again yeah they'll bring you back it's like being baptized by a pissed off priest like you fucking like that (laughs) yeah that was was good one then yeah we'll go again (laughs) sorry yeah no that's true though that's that's literally how it is yeah you know it's like um that's where jefferson airplane went wrong you know, by becoming Starship. No, they fucking they gave you this big build up, big build up, big build up, and then she's like, "Feed your head," and you're waiting for this fucking drop, and like this, all this shit's going on, and it's fucking she's screaming, and you're like, "Oh shit, here it comes," and then it's over, and you're like, "Talk about anxiety." Yeah, this is where this shit comes from. Fucking waiting for these bands to finish their goddamn shit, dude. You know. And here I thought I was nervous about the job interview I had. No, I'm still waiting for fucking Jefferson Airplane to finish, like, feeding somebody's head. You know what I mean? Like, just bring it back down, dude. Bring it back down, then bring it back up, and then bring it back down one more time and end it. Then that'd be good. Do you want to go through the list? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's I mean, see. Let's go ahead. Name them off. Oh, dude, we, we didn't mention Bless the Fall, did we? No. No. See, I didn't listen to them much. I have them on my uh, my Pandora now, and I listen to them. Ooh, Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, but see, Dance Gavin Dance. Still... They were more metalcore. Yeah, they were more metalcore. Uh, but they were early metalcore. Doctor All Day, who listens to our podcast, is a big Dance Gavin Dance person. Really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, dude. They were 2005. You know yeah, I mean? but they're still making stuff. As far as yeah. I know, yeah. But I mean, like you know, that metalcore scene—that's that's pretty fucking that's, early. That's, again, that's more. In my opinion, that's more metalcore. Doctor All Day. Next time you adjust my spine, let me know. I could okay. I could go with this one, unless it would be you know one that stuff that got evolved from that uh, because you know they came out in two thousand nine. But of uh, mice and men. See, of Mice and Men, I would... Uh, yeah, I could see that. Like, that's definitely that influence. Yeah. You can see where you, they it's, came it, from. It's the influence that it's not so much they were a Screamo band, but they no, took no, that yeah. from the Screamo. Yeah, I would say you could... I mean, like, the way they, he sings and then 
screams like yeah. they they've got a, a lot of heavy metal influences though but yeah you know a lot of a lot of good people who like like the uh not like the the screamo like a lot of people who are into like metalcore got that from like the screamo sound you know what i mean like i know a lot of friends who like the screamo stuff and now they're into bands like of mice and men in the day to remember and dance gavin dance but yeah you can see where all the influence came from so um chiodos oh a man band i, I wanted forgot to touch about that i forgot about i'm glad that. i'm glad this list was here um god back when i dated your cousin in like marissa yeah in like oh, eighth shit. grade yeah dude chiodos was the shit she liked them and uh i think yeah, okay, you're talking about these bands now, blah, 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 blah. Chiodos was one of the first screamo bands I ever heard do lows. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, what is it? Uh, the words best friend become redefined. I think it was, I don't remember. Oh, that one's my favorite. And uh, he, he just brings it up to this, like, slow, sad kind of... I don't know what you want to call it. Like, this piano kind of build up, and then he's, like, singing, and then, like, they just go into this weird breakdown and in my opinion this all started with like the screamo stuff breakdowns you know what i mean like the the core shit now they they refined it they mastered it but you know what I mean? these guys would do and chiotis was an example if you look at that song uh the words best friend become redefined he goes into this weird um weird guitar probably like doom 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 but then he played these stupid off notes that had no place in the song whatsoever. I mm -hmm. mean, they were not musically matched. Nothing about it. He just literally went, dun, dun, dee, dun, 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 dee, dun, dun, dee. And I was like, what the fuck is that? So I'm like looking up the tabs, like, how the fuck? You know what I mean? It's like this weird fucking two and a half fret bend. And you're like, that's it's not even on the same <laughs> right. like, scale there. Like, okay. But, you know, but uh, it was in that breakdown where he's like, and I just see you, boo. And I was like, okay, that was different. Like, normally you just always get, you know, them them high-pitched screams, like Hawthorne Heights and all that shit, you know? Nobody ever did lows. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> was was just someone, someone trying to, like, just get themselves to be different is all. Yeah. And then it turned into... It's how you distinguish yourself and eventually just evolves into a whole other genre of music. Dude. Yeah. How do you think people like that feel? Like proud you know i would be yeah I'd be like hey i was like the you know one of the first people to do this yeah no you weren't check this out yeah <laughs> that i don't know that i think that would be an amazing feeling to be one of the first you know what i mean and then like i don't know uh would that even be something that would be approachable you know you could walk up to a person and tell them like hey dude you realize you're the reason that metalcore exists right no me get out of here like you know what I mean? You never see it until like 10 years later. Yeah, it'd be, like, it would definitely be a matter of opinion as well. It, it would be like, this is where it came from. And you're like, no, you're like, oh, check this out. This is, this is the roots of that. So, so again, roots, roots. Screen fucking love Sepulatora. Let's talk <laughs> about there how... There's some woes. I didn't think about <laughs> that. Roots. Yeah, we should do that. Like, look, man, I'm telling you, I got this... This great plan for metal. My, my thing, metal's too big for us to do it in one episode. So. Yeah. Oh, God. We have to do a lot of metal episodes. Yeah. Scream, Screamo, though, 
what I was going to say is, uh, you, you see now where it's, uh, bands, uh, so Screamo basically takes, well, you go back to punk rock, and then hardcore has its roots in punk rock, and then you have post-hardcore and emo, and Screamo have their roots in hardcore, and now you have bands, like metalcore bands, that have their roots in that stuff. So you can always just trace it back to somebody. Yep. So a band like A Day to Remember, go back and you'll see that, okay, they were probably influenced by someone in the Screamo, because they do some of that Screamo stuff. And it's then, like, all right, well, this Screamo guy was definitely influenced by this hardcore guy. Right, and then this he was definitely influenced. Was influenced by this punk guy. Yeah. And so was, you can kind of say... And eventually it just goes back to everyone was like influenced by the Beatles. Yeah, like, so A Day to Remember was really into John Lennon. Yeah, basically. And you know what they say about John Lennon. <laughs> we can't make this joke on this. Yeah. Yeah, we, we could say it. Basically, twice. everyone goes back to Ringo Starr. Every drummer is like, I want to be Ringo Starr. <laughs> okay, this is really off topic, but there's an episode of Family Guy where they're making fun of the Beatles, and um, Ringo Starr comes out, and he goes, hey, everybody, I wrote a song. And he's like, got it all out on paper, and then, like... Paul McCartney grabs it from him and he's like, Oh, good job, Ringo. We'll put that one up on the refrigerator. Oh, oh man. <laughs> sticks a magnet and sticks it up there. He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So overall, um, Screamo in itself, I don't know. Much like you said, punk, man. It was a it was a flash in the pan. It was something that spanned maybe three to four years, two thousand six to Stretching it at 2009. It's just, it just was so heavy though when it came out. Like whenever it came out, it just it had such a weight to it because everyone, it was, it was basically that hot topic scene. It was the, it was being. That's a good way to put it. It was if you shopped at hot topic, but you were too hardcore. Yeah. You, you know, you saw those people, you saw those emo kids. You're like, I'm not like them. I scream. Yeah. That was what that's what it was. It was it's the hot topic in the MySpace scene. The same with emo. It's that same type of vibe, except for you were more hardcore than them because you know you wore the van instead of the Converse. Yeah, and um, you know, so reiterating, going back, you know, you got that, but then I guess you could say with every musical genre, but screamo in itself was a fashion statement too. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you 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 had a. Like you know, we talked about it before, but kids are impressionable, man. You know, what Rar, I mean? you see I'm this a dinosaur, guy doing that. XD. Yeah, and I don't know, especially when Facebook came or Facebook, man, MySpace would definitely be the big one though. But but MySpace, you know, everybody had these profile pictures and they did this, and there was a certain angle. You had to listen to this band if you didn't like asking Alexandra, you're not good enough for me, and you know, shit like that. Yeah. So overall, I mean. It was a good movement. Something that still holds heavy roots to me today. Um, I still go back and I still listen to these guys all the time. I still have fucking Census Fail album in my car, Let It Unfold You. And, I mean, I listen to that quite often. I mean, I don't own a lot of CDs, but that's one of them. (laughs) And it's weird how they find you. Like, my wife found that at work covered in fucking, like, fiberglass. She's fiberglass technician, but she, like, Pulled it out. It was like over in the like the little mud room they had. And she was like, "What is this? Holy fuck! It's a Census Fail album." And she's like, "Babe, look what I found." And I was like, "Dude, sick! <laughs> One of the coolest covers I've ever seen out of an album, though." Covered in, what? Just a bunch of fiberglass and mud on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, the fucking uh, the Census Fail album. 
That's the one where he's in that bathroom and it's oh, fucking shattered. Yeah. And the dude looks like he's all in a suit and he's got his hand on it. And then, like, the reflection in the mirror is screaming, and he's like, there's literally a little hell in the background. Like, everything's on fire. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. And that was another cool thing about that whole genre, man. It was artsy movement. Very artsy movement. It's hard to deny that, too. Those motherfuckers were creative, man. Yeah. It's like Jim said, what happened to these kids? The fuck happened to those kids? We called it the caravan, though. So everybody, so that whole genre, like everybody who listened to that shit, is the caravan. We're gonna start a caravan of people to bring that movement back. But we're gonna start out by buying a '97 Dodge Caravan and get everybody into it. And we're gonna redo the video from Scary Kids Scaring Kids, and then bust into Walmart, grab some Red Bulls, and then we're gonna go to Hot Topic and buy some fucking pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they sell those pants at Hot Topic Trips? anymore. I don't know if you can get those anymore. But you can fucking get them on eBay. Yeah, you can probably get them on You can eBay. get shit that they don't sell anymore on eBay, so I guarantee yeah. Fuck, I can get um, flavors of Monster on eBay that they stopped making years ago. They're probably not any good, but... Oh my God, can I get Rockstar Bumbleberry? Maybe. I love that shit. You can get, like, old... Um, I I felt like I was gonna say something redundant, but no, like old Old Spice flavors or not flavors since. I'm a stupid piece of shit. <laughs> you Texas piece of shit. That's a microphone. Um, yeah, like like since for uh, Old Spice body wash, it doesn't exist anymore. Like you can find it on eBay, but they're like forty bucks a fucking bottle. I'm not buying that. Jesus, man, I know. Fiji or bust. CG. Fiji. Fiji. The oh. Old Spice Fiji. Yeah. I use that or bear glove, one of the two. Depends on my mood. I like Dove for Men. I Dove for Men doesn't make my me... skin gets dry. Like Kenny. the Dove, the Dove three in one. Fuck no. You, you like... think I put Dove three three for one in this hair? No, you should probably use Aussie. Actually, actually, I use uh, uh, Garnier Fruitis. Oh really? I use mm-hmm. Aussie volume. Go ahead and fill my hair. Oh shit! Let me see. Wow, dude, you got a lot of volume in that. I told you. Damn, that's good. I'll try it out. I probably won't. I'm probably just going to keep buying great expertise. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay, guys. We're... Yeah, we're, we're trailing off here. Yeah, now. we're we're like tapped out. Yeah. A little tapped out. I mean, I mean, what more do you want me to say? I loved it. It's a, it, it's a movie. Like I said, dude, that shit's going to stick with me for my life. Teach my kid about it. My wife's into this shit now. I like to show her these bands. It's cool to find people who don't listen to that type of music, who are kind of into the same feel. And show them, be like, dude, you ever heard these guys? You ever heard these guys? So like, if you guys ever get a chance, and you guys are sitting around, whether you're with some, uh, some, you know, you're a girl, and you're with all your girlfriends, and you guys are downstairs drinking wine or something, if you're with your boys, and you're downstairs drinking beers with the bros, grab either a phone or a television, and have somebody turn on a song on YouTube, and then pass the controller. Be like, all right, now your turn. You guys will... Go through some reminiscent shit. Oh, yeah. You'll learn about some new music. Sick-ass game to play, for sure. But um, tell us your favorite uh, emo band, screamo band, rather. If we miss something, like, I'd like to hear it, because, I mean, I know there weren't a shit ton of them out there, but... We probably missed some, too. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, though, so just uh, go ahead, leave us a comment with your uh, favorite emo or screamo band. Give us a like. 
Yeah, follow us. Because some of you have, some of you comment on our shit and then you don't like our yeah, shit. How, how do you, how do you comment on my page but you don't like it, bro? Just like it. Doesn't mean you don't like us. Yeah. You got shit to say? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I still appreciate any feedback you guys give us. We both do. Um, we, we'd actually like more feedback because we want to try and make a better product here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we apologize for the shitty background. You know, we're in a basement in Mercer right now looking to buy a new house. So, uh, trying to get a studio gig going here. And uh, we are going to be um, just look for a post later this week because we're going to order T-shirts and we're going to have them made. So if you want one, um, just look for a post. We're going to have one made. Yeah, we'll get. Um, we've been we've been bragging that for weeks now, and I, I we've just been busy working a lot. So <laughs> every fucking weekend. Um, but yeah, we'll have prices on there. Um, if you guys did see our tumblers, uh, we will have those for sale as well. Uh, those are gonna take longer to make. And actually, they're gonna they cost are, more too. They are totally worth it because uh, the one I gave Josh, he he used, he put his cold beer into it, and then he went away for three hours, and he's like, well, you know. What what is it? If you if you don't drink a beer, if you need a beer to stay cold that long, you're a pussy. Yeah. And then he goes back three hours later. He's like, oh shit, I forgot this beer. Wow, it's still cold. So okay, true story about this tumbler, and n- not even talking him up. I mean, I was just seriously mind fucked. Like I get it now, okay. But Fourth of July, we went to the zoo, and we were day drinking. Like my wife wasn't, but like. Um, my in-laws mutual friends and my mutual friend john he's like they're like oh yeah john's just uh day drinking all day i was like well fuck yeah i'm gonna drink a beer then so i cracked the beer open drank it went out gave john one and i came back in and i poured two beers and they were like they weren't fridge cold they were just you know just out of fridge cold put them in there um drank a little bit on the way to the zoo Left it in the cup holder in this fucking 110 degree car while we walked through the whole zoo. Came back out. I grabbed it. It was hot to the touch. I was like, oh, man. And I sipped it. It was fucking it's like. still cold. It wasn't cold, cold, but it wasn't piss warm. And I shit myself. I was like, there's no way, dude. <laughs> um, these are sweet as shit. Like, I get it now. I get it. It's cool as hell. So we will have those available. Um, if there's anything else you guys would like to T-shirts, see T-shirts, ladies, tank tops, tumblers. Yeah. Maybe we get some booty shorts going just for the whole busco gig. You know Maybe I mean? we get some booty shorts going. And if we're going to do the booty shorts, I think what we got to do is uh, put it on the back, right on the ass. Ask me about my podcast. Ask me about my yes. Ask me about yes. my podcast. <laughs> It'd be gorgeous. Oh my god! All right. We'll talk to we'll, we'll talk to Vicky about it. But guys, check her out. Lola and Company uh, Designs. Also, please give my buddy Roland Lewis Designs on Facebook a follow. Badass dude. He will hook you up if you guys got any graphic design needs. Um, and also Mikhail Gorbachev for writing our new. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mike, man. Uh, Mike Russell. Uh, he took the uh, the song I wrote for the intro. And uh, he revamped it for us a little bit. Did it on his new uh, $2,000 amp. And uh, he threw some drums and bass in there for me. And uh hope you guys enjoyed it on this he's, new one. He's going to be on our podcast, too. Yeah, we got to get Mike in here, man. He was going to originally be our cameraman, but... He couldn't do it. Yeah, he just didn't have the balls. No, I think he was busy or something. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, I understand. He only gets, you know, a day, yeah, well, uh, two yeah. days off a week sometimes, but... Yeah, so, hey, uh, thank you for listening, and please show us to your friends. We're trying... We're, we're trying to get out there, man. Yeah, we're trying to get out there. Like, we, we want to do more. 
I would love to do more with this. I, w- I would like to travel and, um, you know, go to festivals and meet people and try and get some interviews with some guys that you guys want to hear. If there's somebody you want to hear about, like, tell us because if we get the opportunity, dude, I'm going for it. So I want to try and drop acid with the Grateful Dead. So let's do that. <laughs> I'm trying to drop acid with Jerry Garcia. So <laughs> just give me a second while I kill myself. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, guys. Tune in the next episode. Um, on July 21st, I believe is the date. Two weeks coming up from now, we are going to have Plinko on the fucking stage. Uh, be here to talk to Trevor, Shane. Um, just down to do it, man. Uh, yeah. Excited. I'm so, excited for that as well. This be our first big band. And uh, yeah, check us out, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Keep, keep it classy. Yeah, keep it classy, San Diego. All right, peace. Peace.